Hey, this is Russell, and I work at the video store, the place that everyone can go to once a week when it's movie night. We have interesting people pop in to rent something all the time, and we can help you figure out what you could be watching on streaming platforms and out in cinemas here in South Africa. I love this job because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and series and then also be able to talk about them with my friends that work here. All right, welcome to the video store. Let's open up the shop. All right, top of the morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Graham? All right, and yourself, dude. Lekker, man. How's nice. it, Coley? Good, good morning, Graham. All right, <laughs> yourself. How are you guys morning, feeling? Governor. Great. <laughs> we've Absolutely just, amazing. We've just had ourselves a very busy, very intense, but very mm. awesome weekend at Comic Con. Mm. Yeah. But just to get to it, uh, welcome to the video store. We've got ourselves a lovely day ahead of us. It is a little quiet now, so we get to talk about some things. Um, but then it'll get busy and people will pop in. We are very excited to have a very special guest popping in to rent something today. Skulk Besedenhout. No yeah. way. Superstar. That's Skulk so cool. <laughs> uh, He's a lovely dude. I've known him over the years. And uh, to be honest, I waited for the right time to get him on the show because I didn't want him to be on the show when we didn't have any listeners but we now do <laughs> okay and so yeah, now uh now it would be the most beneficial to, yes. to have him on the show um and he's a great guy and it was um it's going to be a lovely chat cool uh so we'll get into that uh but quickly on behalf of everyone we met this last weekend mm. um thank you for coming to visit us at our stall at comic-con i have been at previous comic-cons yeah. and always said this is a place for the video store to <laughs> to just spread the word more and get more listeners and just meet more people mm, and cool. and just have them know about it. So so thank you for a lovely weekend. Thank you guys for all your hard work as well as as co-workers at the store. And it was just lovely to meet everyone. And um, so if you are listening now for the first time, welcome. We, uh, we treasure you and uh, think you're awesome. And thank you for being a part of our lovely store. <laughs> uh, we are going to have Skulk pop in in a moment um, But then please stick around afterwards Where myself, Cole and Graham Will chat through some of the movies And TV shows we've been watching Yeah, We are lucky enough as the podcast To be invited to special premieres So we get to watch movies um, Before they come to cinemas And we have um, seen Talk To Me we have seen Haunting in Venice, yeah. Yeah. which are two very cool films. So we'll be talking about that afterwards. Um, another thing to mention now is we are going to do a Video Store Presents Night. So basically where we record this podcast every week is inside the Bioscope, which is the independent cinema here in Johannesburg, which is what I spend a lot of my time doing when I'm not working at the Video Store. Self-punt. <laughs> Self-punt. <laughs> a lot of that this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we naturally will host screenings as the bioscope of the films we think you should see and we want to present that by the the podcast the podcast that's yeah. going to present it so on wednesday of the week that this episode is coming out um that is the 27th Seventh. yeah we are screening pride and prejudice yes the classic <laughs> which is cole's choice so cole give us a moment as to why we need to watch pride and prejudice so i'd never seen this film um up until university days when i was 
still trapped in the closet like R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Tom Cruise. <laughs> Come out of the closet, Tom. And I um, was vibing with this guy very surreptitiously because I was like being naughty. And he was obsessed with Pride and Prejudice. Right. And he could play yeah. the theme that Joe Wright... No? Sorry. Let me, like, the score. The score. Yeah, you could play the score written by Dario Marianelli, I think. Uh, the director's hmm. Joe Wright. Um, on piano. Right. And... Uh, and this, this and, got you. And then this got me because I was like, who's this man? Like, what is this movie that he likes? <laughs> and we are talking about the Kira Knightley. Yes. Okay. One. So, exactly. Yeah. Kira Knightley, Matthew McFadden as Elizabeth. What? No. Elizabeth Swan's Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> delete this, Graham. <laughs> nope. You will delete it. Okay. Kira Knightley. <laughs> no, I'm okay. going to make it pause awkwardly. We're going to do this again. So, yeah, yeah. So, this is the Kira Knightley one. Yes. Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden. Okay. Okay. Um, but also we, Judy Dench. Cool. Why are we uh, watching it now? Why did you pick this now as the video store? So presents? I shared a funny clip of it on Instagram and a friend of mine and two, three women, no, three women that seldomly comments on my stories were all just like, I love this movie. That is the funniest moments in the movie. My favorite part is this. And I've been seeing so many memeable moments from it. So right. I was talking to them about like, why do you want to watch it? And she said to me, oh no, I watch it every spring. Spring right. is the perfect time to watch Pride and Prejudice. It's yeah. the ultimate love story. It's forlorn. It okay. is about resistance to love, and it's amazing. No, you okay. have to watch it. All right, so that's why we're going to host this special screening. Tickets are already selling. Amazing. It, it'll so yeah, get get them over. Bring at the your boyfriend. Bi- yeah, you know, uh, get them over at the Bioscope. Let's see it as it, and we hope to see you. Yeah. If you are a subscriber, you get free popcorn. Mm. <laughs> cool. There's cool. no intention behind that. And then another shout out is to our good friends at Double Shot, which is a great coffee company. Uh, over on doubleshot.co.za, you can order your coffee beans and you can get them anywhere in South Africa. Amazing. And if you use the promo code VIDEOSTORE10, you can get 10% off your order of Double Shot. Like cool. Coffee. So that's doubleshot.co.za. All right, chaps, one thing before we get into the guest chat is we have some films that have been returned. Are we getting into the box? Yeah. So there's a little slot at our door which you can return your DVDs uh, before we open. So we'll go through that now and we'll see what has been returned and if there is any customer feedback, which is a nice new section of the show we want to get into. Yeah. Uh, Look at that. Here we do. We do have something. What a surprise. We've got our good friend Steve who has got uh, a little message for us. (laughs) Video store team, what's cracking lacking? Thank you so much for all your hard work, for keeping your store spick and span and top notch. I just wanted to send a personal thank you to say that I finally got around to watching everything, everywhere, all at once, and what an absolutely phenomenal piece of art. It was, I was hooked from start to finish. So thank you, thank you, thank you for the beautiful recommendations, and keep up the good work. Lekka. Bye-bye. All right. Lovely. Thank you, Stevie. Yeah, thanks, thanks, bud. You can please send us your voice notes. We'd love to hear from you as uh, what you think about the films that we recommend. We'd love to hear back. Um, we know you're listening, and so it's nice to hear the feedback. So you can record a voice note, and please email it to us at videostorepod at gmail.com. All right, uh, let's get into it, hey? Yeah, let's do let's it. Let's do it. Let's All go, right. let's go um, buff some DVDs, Graham. <laughs> okay, you guys go do that work. I'm going to chat to Skulk. Cool. All right, this is Skulk Besedenhurt popping in to rent something. Hi, you buddy. Like and yay. It is so good to see you. Thank you. Donkey. Thank you. Thank you for coming to visit. Yeah, thank you. You're a, you're a busy dude and you're in the middle of what seems to be a very exciting week. 
Yeah, no, it is. I'm <laughs> opening for Trevor Noah at the moment. Just clapping 5,000 a night. Clapping uh, 5,000 people in the face with comedy. <laughs> <laughs> we do arenas now. <laughs> Yo, it's so nice. I mean, I I never thought... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've done an arena before with, with Trevor and it's okay. it's challenging. But after the... I think it was just that specific arena because it's now a We Buy Cars, the Ticket Pro Dome. <laughs> um, it's like it was... The, the laughs don't kind of reach the stage yeah. that much it was a bit hard to to gauge yeah how you're doing i think the dome is is now living what funny enough was its original plan did you know that yes i do know that it and was I always going to be a car it's showroom. the best thing for it <laughs> and, and there's music because i watched i watched chance the rapper there and i watched post malone there oh cool um recently um when i was in school I watched Fallout Boy there. I was there. Yeah, I was there alongside loved you. It, loved it. And once, this is such a random one. I, I don't really, it, it, I just felt so weird being there, but like it was Jay-Z uh, and Rihanna and oh. Kanye. Kanye. Yeah, that was, was the one where he came on like really late. Yeah, it was also just after Gold Digger, I think, came out and Kanye was already like big, but not like really doing his own shows yet big. Okay. Kind of, you know, he had like a single or two out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like me and my friend Yaku were there yeah. and we were like these two white kids <laughs> just looking, yeah, not fitting in Little at fish, all. fishies out of water. And I, I had this like baggy Adidas thing on, but yeah, I think yeah. it just made me stick out way more. Uh, uh, no, that was very awkward. But uh, okay, so you've done a you've done this kind of arena size with Trevor before. Yeah, oh, what I wanted to say was like Grand Arena in Cape Town mm. is just so fantastic for comedy. I mean the because it it's the the way that's built and the same with Sunbet. Sunbet's even even better is that it 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 manages to have like a sort of intimate feel whilst being like totally. eight thousand people. Yeah, um, but every Every one they built, apparently, they just got better and better and better. They totally. first built the Sun City one, and then they built Grand Arena, and they just learned from... Because the Sun Bet Arena in Pretoria is truly world-class. It's amazing. World well, we, class. we got a chance to, to play there uh, as Short Straw. Oh, like uh, two months ago, we opened for George Ezra. Oh, nice. And we, we agreed to it. Obviously, it's a no-brainer, but we were like, we want to be able to play arenas. Yeah. We want to play arenas for the first time. We've played like, you know, Oppie festivals more bigger, but that yeah. just to actually be in that arena yeah. was so cool. No, because after Grand West and Pretoria now, I'm like, I got to this level. I always thought I'd be more of a, I'd rather do the teatro for a month. For longer. Than yeah, an arena yeah. for yeah. a week. But now I don't know so much anymore. Well, how how are you finding comedy changing because in a bigger room the the way you deliver the jokes some of it has to change right yeah i think naturally you just you perform a little bit bigger like uh, on a smaller stage i don't really walk up and down much but they here you pace also because i see i see trevor doing it and it looks so cool when he does it so i've also started doing it a little bit but that makes sense you've got to you've got to kind of own the stage a bit you've got to like map it out physically Okay, so you walk in a bit. I'm gonna see you on Saturday. I'm okay, gonna go to like the show a, on Saturday. Yeah, no, it's 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 been amazing. Um, and and yeah, it's been it's awesome to end at Sunbet because it's like yeah the the best. Venue, yeah, like we played Sunbet 
second of the two. Grand West was a little tough for us because it was like midweek and it was our first time on mm. a, in this kind of thing. Mm. It was a strange feeling. It was quite dark. Yeah. And you know there's a there's thousands of people out there, but I, I could just see sort of 10 people going, who are these guys? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but by the, when we went to Sunbed, it was just so much better. It was on a Saturday I think there was a rugby game in the morning. So I think mm. Pretoria was a little more liquid. Yeah. As we walked on, um, I heard someone go like, Keanu Reeves. And I was like, we're in the right place. Oh, like, like this okay. is going to be awesome. And it was one of my favorites. Yeah, no, it's it's nice. Eh? I get I get it. I get the arena thing now. I do okay. get it. All right. I still you think got a taste I, for it. I, I think I always will love the theater the most. Yeah. But um, as like a a big special show type thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think also you like Trevor. He's just at a, at a level where with his schedule he has to yeah. do those sizes. I mean, no, of course, no. He's otherwise he, he he'd have it. to perform. Uh, if he had to go back to the theatre, I opened for him at the theatre in 2015. Um, if he had to go back to that, he would have to do the theatre for six months. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like he'd have to do a, like a Las Vegas residency, yeah. basically. At the no, and, and you can't pin that guy down. You got to let him travel. So you've obviously got a nice relationship with him. Do you, yeah, do, I mean, um, do you feel like you've kind of got to know him in these? Yeah, over the years, I mean, you know, backstage. I mean, there's no reason for him to be there. Um, any earlier than like yeah. 10 minutes before. Yeah. You know, so, sure. so uh, especially at the teatro, I mean, there was just not a lot of time to hang out because yeah. um, I would get there, go on stage. As I go on, he is coming in. Like I yeah. high five him and he walks on. Yeah. And, um, okay. and then basically after the gig, he would go because I mean, he's not here often. So, Often after the shows, that's when he goes out and sees friends and, yeah. you know. Um, okay. But this this tour, um, we've been spending a lot of time in the dressing room. Not just me and him. Like, yeah. I mean, there's a, uh, a team and other opening acts and stuff. But, I mean, it's it's been nice to kind of really get to know him a bit more yeah. this no, time. That's good. You know. And then also just talk about, like, the show and comedy. And he's very... Um, open to sure, there's so much you can learn notes you yeah. know even I mean he's yeah. not he's not above um, someone giving him a bit of a yeah I mean he, he there last night like yeah what do you guys think of this joke or whatever and then I was and you said no I think it would work better if you end with this because then and then the song that you walk off to is this yeah um, I think that would and then he's like yeah no no that's a good idea I'm going to do that tomorrow yeah. you know it's not like he He's like, who the hell are you to give me notes? Okay. You know, he's very lacquered like lovely. that. Yeah. Um, you've just spent a lot of time in Edinburgh. Yeah. That's that's lovely. I spent a day there. It's a beautiful city. But you, yeah. you, you spent a lot of time there. Yeah, I do the Edinburgh Fringe Festival every year okay. since 2018. And then 20, oh, I did like 2018. So there's the free fringe and then the paid fringe. The free fringe is like anything's a venue, a kitchen, like yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess those are seen as also the more like dingy venues. They normally don't have great yeah. air conditioning and yeah, stink yeah. like vomit. But <laughs> um, And you have to stand with a bucket at the door afterwards. And I just did two weeks because my management, and I'm glad they did this. What, what do you um, do with the bucket at the door? For, for donations. Oh, okay. you, you ask the crowd for. Oh, okay. Because cool, cool, it's, cool. it, it's, it's free in, in air quotes. It's okay. not free. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you come in for free, but then... You, 
the audience is expected to to put something in the bucket after. Lovely. But everyone knows at, in yeah, Edinburgh yeah. that's been established. So everyone okay. knows that that's the case. But um, yeah, my, my agents were like, you know, you can't just come do the full run month in Edinburgh. It's just too overwhelming. There's 5,000 shows. Yeah. Um, just come do two weeks. Just see it out like a kind of low pressure thing. Mm. Glad they did it because, yeah, it is, it is insane okay. to do. Just to go in and do the month immediately. And then from 2019, did the full month. And then last year okay. and this year again. I liken that kind of career building outside. It's the same with the band. Same with the comic. You got to you got to almost treat it like a garden, right? You got to like go back, go back, give it give it more love, give it more attention. Yeah, that's that's the tricky thing, especially like at these festivals. There's every year there's like some, like not even one, like ten, twenty incredible new guys coming yeah. through. Yeah. Um. So the tricky position I'm finding myself in now is like I have to go back yeah. every year. So you now, like, like I just it. did Australia for two months this year. Next year, it's already in the diary promoters want me back go again yeah two months and it's just like you have to because especially if you've gone your first time now there's like maybe a bit of a buzz mm. uh, some of the bigger you names you can't leave it at that you've been you on the lineup with some bigger names they know who you are now you skip one year by the by the time you come back everyone's like oh, oh yeah you were oh yeah you yeah and it's just like you have to keep that momentum what was the audiences for a place like Edinburgh just such a mix a hey? whole bunch of people the, there it's all more the of world. a mix between like South African and and um, yeah locals yeah but I can now see it being my fourth time now for the first time I'm really seeing people who've been at the show before coming again oh, who cool. so, happened to see me last year maybe it was even on a lineup or somewhere yeah, yeah. Um, and that is just how you you build it you know in in 10 years I might have like a complete 50-50 mix every show. Yeah. You know, and every year you go, to, I, I've been going to like a bit of a bigger venue. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's hard work and no, it is luckily a my wife is freelance as well. So she can sort of come as well. And yeah, yeah. but um, no, it, is a hard it gets slug lonely. And yeah, it gets lonely and it is a slog. And I, I realized I worked it out now when I was there. Edinburgh is the place that I sleep the most nights in one bed consecutively in the year. Oh. Because even here, if I'm home in Joburg, I'm not at home like for the full, for oh. a full month. I'm oh, at least once like maybe going to Cape Town for two days, come back, then I go to Durban for a gig, come back, then I yeah. go to like George. So I'm never just oh, that's sleep in my own bed for, or in one bed for yeah. a month. Edinburgh is the only place in, in the year that I'm the longest in yeah. just sleeping in one bed. Wild. Yeah. Um, a place like Australia, was it mostly sappers? Eh? Yeah. But, it's, it's, <laughs> but there's so many of them. It's the first, it's the first time. Um, and but then they'll start bringing their Australian exactly. friends. And, 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 and you know they also, but there's nothing wrong with playing to a bunch of sappers. No, and also they, they didn't know. So, they, that, so many of them said to me afterwards, oh, we, we thought the show was going to be in Afrikaans. Oh, sure. Um, and I, I made an effort to say at the end of the show because I take out all the lacquer, cuck. I was about to say, how do, how do you change your show? Yeah, like, I mean, I think just because of me and my accent and everything, the show is never going to not feel South African. No, I mean, which it's is not good. like I'm now going to go there and talk in an Australian accent. Don't be, don't be anyone else. Um, yeah. So 
saying lacquer and not saying lacquer is not going to make the show more or less South mm. African, in my opinion. Same with even performing here, and then a lot of people are like, you know, we, why don't you do Afrikaans shows? I do do Afrikaans shows now and then. Like in Pretoria, I'll do like an Afrikaans-only show. But I'm like, I am so Afrikaans that the show is in Afrikaans. Even if, I was, if I'm speaking English, it's still in Afrikaans. Because uh -huh. I am Afrikaans, like at uh, my essence. Yeah. I speak about being Afrikaans. I talk about the Afrikaans experience. E uh. Everything, how I view things is from an Afrikaans, through an Afrikaans lens. Sure. So yeah. the show can never not be Afrikaans. Just because yeah. I'm talking the English language yeah. doesn't mean the show is not in Afrikaans. It's still in Afrikaans. Yeah. You know? No. I totally get that. But let's, let's, um, let's, let's go back to that, that, that start because mm. now you're talking about, you know, growing up being Afrikaans. I immediately think of um, the T-shirt you and I released together as limited edition. Yeah. We did that special release of that photo of you when you were a little kid. Yes. Young Skulk. Yeah. And I thought that was such a cool thing to do together. I yeah. started this T-shirt company and then you got in touch to say, let's do a, this ridiculous T-shirt, which was this photo of you. Yeah. And people bought it, which was I know, so cool. I love that. We must do more. <laughs> yeah. Because like my online, I've, I'd take my hat off to you because like t-shirts are, yeah. talk about a slog. I yeah. mean, like, so I've closed my online store. Oh, like, really? I just, but it was cool that you did it. It's just like. Because I saw that after that, you, you did start making merchandise, which you should have. Yeah. And it takes a lot of admin, yeah. I would, I would rather do like that limited edition t-shirt through people who everything is set up already exactly. like, because then it's just we can just do it as a fun thing okay. so anyway we'll talk after this lovely imagine <laughs> the rest of the podcast is just like a business meeting <laughs> okay so when do you need the designs by yeah. um and just okay, so and how long does it how many work days and does scrolling take? through photos <laughs> oh no that one's good no, no, no. yeah um, on an audio podcast <laughs> this was nice <laughs> but that time that young skulk time i'd like to uh, venture back and take a little um, take a little look through your life because this is a fun format that we have here at the video store where we we go through your great loves mm. your film loves oh yeah because we found that the films that you've loved across your life um very much sculpt who you become yeah and they really much inform the career and and the kind of personality you have so we've got three or four different categories of films and they're all at different points in your life and yeah. they're named after the kinds of relationships you would be having at that time in your life. Yes. Okay, so the first film, which I think is the young skulk time. Yeah. Similar to that photo that I've got, in, you know, in my head. People can go back to limitededish.com and you can see the past releases and you can see this photo of you. Um, this is the puppy love film, which is like mm. nursery school, primary school, just that time when you're like, you'd be excited to hold someone's hand and you would go to the movies or putt-putt as a date. What, yeah. what was the film that came across you at that point that you loved? Well, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't going on movie dates in, in primary school. Um, okay. High school, yes, but I was so, probably so like focused on the timing of like when to try and take the hand. <laughs> That I was definitely not. Okay, so don't know no, what what film was we were watching, and but um, it, it doesn't have to be a film you watched on a date. It's more just like yeah, no, no, no. I've got I've got yeah. the one, but okay. I just wanted to say that um, yeah, I only went on like two or three like I think movie dates in my life, like when I was in school. Oh really? And yeah. then 
I would always, you know, by the time you get the guts to like just take the hand and then she reciprocates, the credits start rolling yeah. and you're like, oh. I did it. I held her hand. And then, I just I remember know. how much of a big deal that was and like your hand would get clammy and you're and like, then, and then I'm the one, the one, it's, it's, uh, it's still like probably one of the most cringe memories in my, in my mind is that we were like basically the only ones in the movie and like I didn't have the guts to just kiss her in the movie. We were like 18 yeah. by, by then. We weren't like okay. super young. Yeah. Anyway, and I just completely like didn't take my shot and missed it. And then yeah. lights come on. Everyone's, we're the only ones there. And as we walk out, I thought I'm going to do like, how you see in the movies, yeah, like yeah. swing her around, push yeah. her against the wall and... I kiss her passionately. Yeah. So I did that. Like I like pushed her against the wall and it didn't, it wasn't aggressive or anything. And like, she kissed me back, but it, it was just like so awkward and not <laughs> like passionate at all. I think, I think she, it was like more like, oh shame, this guy's doing this grand gesture. Like it's going to yeah. be so shit of me to, to yeah, reject if I, if this, I this poor guy. So she kind of, oh, but it was, it's so cringe. I, if I ever meet her again, I will say to her, listen, I'm so sorry you know about what? that. Like, that was so bad. Sorry. She probably tells <laughs> everyone. How like, cringe it was. No, no. <laughs> you're a fucking superstar now. So she probably says, oh, we met out in the movies. He swung me around and <laughs> smooched me. me and No, me. no, no. She's telling everyone that, that, that uh, she's really made out so. with you. I really hope I'm so. Sure it's a, I'm sure it's told well. Uh, okay, what was the okay. film? So my film, like my my sort of forming years, I would say like uh, early primary school. So yeah. this would this be is seven, eight, film. nine yeah, years yeah. old. Um, definitely... Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Pet Detective, yeah. Okay. Love Jim Carrey, loved him, like totally obsessed, watched it over and over again, would go take it out from the video store. Yeah. Watch it over and over again, and um, my mom would make me, so I would always imitate that part. I don't know if this is in Pet Detective, because there's like so many Ace, two, yeah, Ace yeah. Ventura movies, but the one where he cl climbs out the rhino's football. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would always like imitate that at home, and obviously my mom thinks. How would I'm, you? Where would you be climbing out of? Like, like uh, I use my you, hands. Uh, so it's just like, Ooh! <laughs> and then um, my mom obviously thought I was God's gift to, to acting, comedy, yeah. everything. And yeah. then, like obviously in the Afrikaans community, very little people knew Ace Ventura. Oh, that really? aren't kids. I mean, okay. Like, if a Tani comes to visit my mom, I mean, she's not going to know Ace Ventura. Is. Yeah, yeah. Probably not even know who Jim Carrey is, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then my mom would be like, ah, call me from the room. Like, Skulky has to do this for you. But it's quite important that the person needs to have the reference of, <laughs> you know, and has seen the scene. Yeah, otherwise they're like, what the so fuck I'd is like, this little kid doing? So I'd like imitate like this birth out the rhino's asshole and. <laughs> These poor women would just like sit there with so much like sympathy in their eyes oh, towards funny. my mom to be like, they, they obviously just but, thought like my mom was, that there was something wrong with me and my mom was in complete denial. But I love that your mom encouraged this and, and, and didn't just tolerate it. She, she encouraged you no, to be more. She thought important. it was brilliant, my, my interpretation. And I would obviously like try and pull J Jim Carrey faces and, she yeah. she thought I did it just like him. But speaking of moms and supportive moms, you um, just to jump back to sort of more present day here, you have such an amazing podcast. Yeah, and it's such a smart idea. Which is instead of interviewing famous. 
people just one on one. You interview their mom. Yeah, and the famous person is still present. Yes, um, but you're hearing about them through their mom. Yes, yeah. That's such a lovely idea. Where did that come from? Ah, well, I was contacted by um, this guy called Neil, who has a podcast sort of company, studio company, yeah, producing for other people, and he yeah. just said. You know, we're at a point where we just produce podcasts for other people. We want to start doing our own thing. Mm. And and I said, well, I mean, because especially at that stage, everyone had a podcast where they were interviewing celebrities. Mm. Just a random interview. I mean, yeah, yeah. like this at least has like an angle of the film angle. But yeah, the flavor is, is film yeah. and TV. Yeah. But at that stage, yeah. it was just like, hey, you're someone. Like, let's just talk. Yeah. And... Just felt so aimless, and you know. Yeah. And I said, "Dude, I, I really don't want to do that. So, let's find a, a another An twist." So then we came up with that. Um, it's a lot harder to obviously get people because obviously a lot of people, their moms, are yeah. not with us anymore. Yeah, and that's yeah. always uh, like I have to often message people I know, but like I, I mean, it's another comedian. Like I yeah. know him quite well, but I don't know, don't like, know if their mom's mom. alive. Yeah, then you have to like. <laughs> intro with like hey dude is your mom alive yeah. um, and then it's first yes or no yeah. and then if, if it's yes then sometimes like yeah but they live in Tata and then it's like oh okay yeah. um, so it's it, you're already uh, cutting off so many yeah, celebrities yeah. so many are falling off um, the side. because their mom's not here they don't live here or they're not with us anymore um, but, but I, just, I mean it is very rewarding when you do get the interview when I saw that I was like this is genius yeah, because I, I, enjoy I, guys. I, I am one similar to you where yeah, I I did get a lot of encouragement from my mom. I yeah. did get a lot of like boosts that told me that sounds so cheesy and and soppy, but like the encouragement that like you're special. Yeah, like you've got something. Yeah, and the encouragement to let that happen, where I was um, encouraged to ha- and allowed to have a drum kit, yeah. which of course is fucking loud. Yeah, especially when you're not that good. But of course, thankfully, I, I think I had the rhythm and, and got going. But I was allowed to have a band practice in my house yes. once a week. You know, we never played shows, but we practiced the hell out of it for yeah. for the majority of my life. I got a drum kit when I was in standard four. And the music that she listened to. And like, no, so I identified with that immediately. I was like, oh, that is lovely. My mom was extreme. Not only was I special, but everyone sucked. <laughs> that was the narrative, you know. Okay, where did you go? No, I'm joking. She she would say that like, yeah, that person's really good. You okay? But just beat them. <laughs> she was very competitive. I did public speaking was my thing. I grew up in Kempton Park. Okay, but like I got really good at public speaking, and then okay, and then me and and then my mom started feeling that she could coach me better than the my coach, and then like there okay. was no more coach and then my mom was my coach your momager and then we were like this yeah mother son duo lovely and it, it i mean it did get to a point where it, it was pretty cool where if we went to a competition you know yeah. and we we rock up there they they would be like whispers i'm always okay shit. he's really good <laughs> what what were you public speaking so i mean it's the it's called so specifically the Afrikaans competition, it's called the Artica Fier yeah. Competition. So every year there's three themes, you know, you speak about. Well, you, you, you could prepare something, huh? Yeah. Okay. But then the, the higher, especially in the high school, the first round is like, well, each round you do your prepared speech and then you get unprepared. And you get, 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 get given speech. a topic and you got to go. Yeah. 
but the yeah. higher you progress to like quarterfinals, semifinals, finals, the less the prepared one counts in terms of. So by the semifinals, I think your prepared speech only counts for twenty five percent. Your unprepared one seventy five percent. Okay, and, and then also you get more time to prepare. And then by the time you get to the final, uh, you don't do a prepared speech at all anymore. Yeah. You just get an unprepared you oh, unprepared yeah. speech. You get a thick pile of documents. You get like your your topic, and then you decide are you for or against, and you have oh, to debating. Yeah. You, no, no, you're not speaking against someone, uh, but each topic can have a for okay. or against. Okay. So you decide okay. what am I going to go with? And then um, you have to obviously sift through those, the, the uh, documents that they give you to find sources, news articles and stuff that support your argument. Yeah. But then you get three hours. But then it's not, sort of expected that you need to deliver a speech that feels prepared. Were you uh, weaving some comedy in? Yeah, I would always... Um, obviously not stand up. It's way more yeah. like Toastmaster vibes. But I would always try. I always had like an arsenal of like funny little sayings or slogans and stuff that. Okay. Um, but you know, you know what this is. This is your ten thousand hours. Do you know yeah. that? You know the yeah. the whole yeah. Malcolm Gladwell outliers. Yeah. Um, I'm sure most people know. But for those who don't, the idea is that the best have put in their time. Yeah. And there's a great book called Outliers, which tracks. You know, the fact that before the Beatles even came to the cavern, which is where everyone thinks that story started in Liverpool, where they played yeah. clubs, they were playing strip clubs in Hamburg, where they had to play for six hours nonstop. Yeah. Um, Michael Schumacher was racing go-karts at four. Mm. So, so there you were doing public speaking, which was just building up your capacity for crowds. Yeah, I guess so. I because, guess so. you know, I often speak in front of a full bioscope, which is used to be 60, now it's about 50. Um, that helped me prepare for the band where the crowds got bigger and bigger and bigger. And before yeah. you know it, you can speak in front of 6,000, 10,000 people and it doesn't freak you out where the average person would be completely freaked out. Yeah. But we were, we were trained and, and, and built up, which is yeah. great. Yeah. Okay, so now we're in high school because now you're saying you're doing this in high school. So now we have a, a, your teenage crush film. Yeah. So this could be a little bit more dangerous, just like those relationships could have been in high school where you were doing more stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so perhaps it could be a little more, yeah. Well, my, my favorite films... It could still be a Jim Carrey film. Yeah, my, my favorite films are always comedy. Uh, so what uh, came along in comedy. high school? Yeah. Um, I don't think I have like a super serious drama that I'm no, super I don't passionate about. No, I don't want about. it to be. I want it to be no, what I you know. love. Um, yeah. So I would say high school, definitely Hot Rod with Andy Samberg. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, like I watched that movie. Because I don't, I don't really watch, I'm not a person who watches movies more than once. If I've watched yeah. a movie, I, you get those people. Also, yeah. same with series. Like, get people who watch Friends for the fifth time. They all yeah. watch Breaking I, Bad. I don't have time for that. I don't even remember really what happened in Breaking Bad, but I don't think I would ever just go sit down and watch yeah. from start to finish No, again. certainly not something like Breaking Bad. Friends, perhaps you can put on the background and it's harmless, but... But yeah, yeah. The, okay. the only thing I've like now and then will maybe watch again is The Office. But um, mm. yeah, so I don't really watch films over and over. But but uh, Hot Rod was maybe the only film in my life, except for Ace Ventura when I was young. But past the age of fourteen, that I watched multiple. Yeah, times. what did what did you it. get from Hot Rod? Because it's it's a very particular brand of humor, which then became well. Yeah, I, I think I first 
fell in love with Andy Samberg, started seeing him a lot on SNL, and I always would record SNL and oh, stuff. Cool. And then, yeah, when he started branching off into his own stuff, Lonely Island and all that stuff, to really just because it's a very fell in love with him, it's yeah. a very smart humor, but it's presented in like a very stupid way. I know it's, it's so you can you can sometimes think on the surface it's stupid, but it's not. It's quite smart. It's it's hard to make a stupid joke like that that's funny. Yeah. You know, it's the same as like, I, you know, in music, people say like, you know, you get these memes that's like, um, Bohemian Rhapsody, Queen. Mm. And then it's, you know, these like lyrics, crazy. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. it's um, Beyonce to, to, to show basically that music's yeah. gone downhill. Then it's yes, like, yeah. who run the world, girls? Who run the world, girls? Yeah. Who run this mother, girls? Who yeah. run this mother, girls? Yeah. It's like, well, if it's so easy to write a stupid song, do it. Yeah, and then you go, you go be the next Beyonce, bro. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. like, I think people just go like, oh yeah, the song's so stupid or whatever. It's like, it's actually hard to write a simple song yeah, that's totally. going to be top of the charts. Yeah. You know? No, totally. Like even, I don't know, it's Gangnam Style. Like, totally, you might yeah. think it's a dumb song, but I mean... Yeah. If you if you actually sit down and try and write one, it's like impossible. Yeah. Um, um, did you ever watch Popstar, which was the other Lonely Island film? It's yeah, Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I must say, like, a bit forgettable. I don't really remember okay. that much of it, but it it wasn't, unfortunately for me, anywhere near Hot Rod level. No, yeah. Hot Rod was cool. No, Hot Rod was just... You know, and also because it's, it's like an underdog movie. Yeah. I love... And I love... I just love the... The whole, you know, it's just like these these misfits and yeah. and then the hot girl, obviously that they they can't believe that she's hanging out with them, but she's yeah, like, yeah. but they're, they're cool, you know, and yeah. like my boyfriend is like hot, but he's a douche, and that, they, yeah. I guess it was also kind of the narrative of my high school times, oh, interesting. you know, like the hot girls would love hanging out with me, um, mm. but more like in a friend zone mm. kind of thing. Um, and also like a lot of my friends were just these goofballs and <laughs> like Danny McBride and, and Bill Hader, yeah, and like Bill Hader. the stuntman's sort of yeah, pyro guys. And exactly. And they were like seen, I mean, obviously by society as these losers, but like, they weren't, obviously yeah. we thought that each other were like the hottest shit in town. Like, we, yeah. you know, I thought my friends were the coolest. They thought I was cool, but I guess to the outside world, we and weren't you know very cool. A little bit like the movie, those girls probably also, yeah, did fancy you in a way. Like if you kind of knew that, perhaps, you know. No, you I, think, I think just that time, that time in high school, maybe it was a bit different than in America, but still in Afrikaans schools very much. I think now it's different. But I think comedy or like humor has become a way cooler thing. Now. Yeah, now okay. I think... In a school, like the dude who's like killing it in the school play, like I think girls will be like, oh, wow, yeah. Okay. But when I was in high school... Did the you do the school plays? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. narrative was very much like the hot girls go for the sports. The sporty guys. The sporty yeah. guys, you yeah. know. Like it's just, it was the the circle of life. It sure. was the laws of nature. It just was... But I mean, look at you now. Mika's incredible she's i know so, she's, she's so amazing. lovely no I, I don't necessarily look back at those times with um 
yeah. resent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just interest. It's just interesting it, for me how things, but it's how cool. things change, how things evolve. Like, I mean, uh, for my podcast the other day, I interviewed an Australian comedian and her child, Eve, who's non-binary, and I was asking her stuff about like what you know. Okay, she, she, she's 17. Like, you're in a high school. You're non-binary. Do you get mocked? Do you get bullied? Uh, Do you? Yeah, what's and, that like? And yeah. it's just like, no, you know, people are very cool and accepting. And it's just like, interesting for me because in my school or in Afrikaans schools in general, between uh, 2006 and 2010, like, you, if you were gay, you wouldn't even dare come out yeah. um, until after school. Mm. It's just like I I just find it interesting how especially young people evolve and what they find cool. Yeah, you know. Speaking about that and homosexuality and and coming out, um, you did such a great job with that film. Oh, Donkey Canary. Yeah, fuck, that was a good movie. And I would love that <laughs> film to get more life now. Is it is it on anything? I think it's still on Showmax. Is it on Showmax? Um, okay. Yeah, last time I checked. Um, you acted the fuck out of that. It was such a great film and it was about you um, being in like the army, right? Yeah, so it's, it's a true story of this guy, Shaul Yuan. Was it a um, true story? Yeah, Shaul Yuan, who was who's a friend of Christian Ulwachen, who's the director. Yeah, so yeah. before Christian did movies, he was in theater and then Shaul Yuan was... Like the he's lighting guy. Yeah. Um, no, sorry. Sound. And yeah. Like we would do the whole like soundtrack for the play. Um, and then one time they were driving to Kakan Car, which mm. is in Oatswood, and it's a four-hour drive from Cape Town. And Shaul kind of opened up to Christian and told his whole story. Shaul doesn't look it, but he's like over fifty years old. Mm. And um, I mean, he had to go to the army. It was Dinsplech. Um, forced to go you know it's like obviously got this conflicting sexuality thing going on yeah and uh christian was like this is a movie this is absolutely a movie yeah. and then actually quite funny with without really uh asking charles permission he just went and started pitching the movie to mnet yeah and and yeah. then and then eventually back to charles like okay are you ready because it's happening and charles like huh, what he's <laughs> like yeah I'm like, we're well, making it. And well, then, it doesn't have to literally be his and you don't even have to credit him if he doesn't want to tell yeah. it. But, but it's it's great that there was enough real life juice to take from to give it authenticity. I think I think Shaul Yuan was given like a sort of, I don't think Christian would have made it without his permission, but yeah, it was sort of yeah. like, okay, well decide, you know, is we yeah. going to do it or not? Yeah. This is at least a story I know. And then Shaul was like, okay, cool, let's do it. Yeah. And then him and Christian wrote together. Yeah. So, um, and obviously, Shaul was on. What was incredible for me as an actor is that Shaul is on set often, you know, and saying, "Well, this scene, like, this is what this it is was kind of really what it felt like, like, you know." So it was, yeah, it was about you finding your sexuality, getting in a relationship, yeah, but coming were, of age, coming of age, and you were, and you were in this conservative Afrikaans military. Yeah, and it's. I think it was illegal then. I don't know if you get thrown in jail, but I mean, you'd sure. send but for I mean, you'd certainly go into shock therapy or whatever. You'd, you'd certainly go into public jail. I mean, um, it was certainly like yeah, and probably kicked out, yeah. kicked out the army. I don't know, and also just the shame that would would 
it would bring to your name and your family's name and all that but stuff. You, yeah, you, re- you, really, you really did a great job in that. Eh? Thank you. I, I, I really always just um, shift the credit to Christian Ulvach and he's really... He, he's a great filmmaker. He's and, a dire- and, and he is really an actor's director. Yeah. Um, you, can he, s- you can... Sorry to interrupt. You can see that he came from a history of theater yeah. because he would coordinate and map out these scenes that were quite long takes. Yeah. And so you could see that there was a... A perception of of theater in that yeah i mean he, he's really good with all the stuff a director has to be good at the lighting and the mise-en-scene mm. and whatever can you tell i did first semester nice film yeah. and television um <laughs> at uct <laughs> <laughs> the mise-en-scene but i think if he has 10 takes i think he would sacrifice a bit of the lighting's not so perfect here for like good good yeah. acting because at the end of the day it's about the story yeah so he's really any actor's dream Lovely. to work with. He's so good. Um, okay, so now you've you've hinted at the fact that you now went to university in yeah. UCT. So that was a nice move. Yeah. New new scenery for you? Yeah, I mean, especially coming from Kempton Park. Look, I didn't grow up... It's weird because I grew up conservative but not because um, I was never racist or homophobic mm. because of my household. Yeah. Because my, my parents did, just didn't raise me like that. But at the same time, I'm in a normal African school. And yeah. it's not like my school was more racist or more homophobic than any other African school just in the world, Pretoria eh? or Joburg. It's just, it was just the world we were living in. So I had those, um, I had that sort of around me, mm. but at the same time, not really conforming to it. Mm. But I mean, I, I was still enough in that sort of, conservative space that UCT was a bit of a culture shock and a bit of a shock to the system um, in a great way. I think that's, I think that's what a lot of university is for a lot of people Mm. because your high school world tends to be a bubble. And so for me, for example, that was like the Northern suburbs. That was Bryanston. It was quite jockey. Yeah. Quite mainstream. And then when you go to Vits and you're now with people that grew up around Melville, people that are like going to town and like, so I think it can always be a nice brain breaker. Yeah. So I that mean, was what it was for you, yeah? Yeah. And look, especially UCT is like pretty much, UCT and Vits would probably be the furthest from my, how I grew up. Yeah. You know, because they're also English universities. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. Um, you know, shout out to people who studied in Porch, but like Porch kind of felt like a bigger Afrikaans school. Totally. Because you know, I spent some time in Porch and I saw the sort of student life there. Yeah. You know, it's still super Afrikaans. Everyone's talking Afrikaans. I wouldn't say uh, racially and culturally it's that much different yeah, from like exactly, Afrikaans right? school. And and what I could tell from people from, who went to like Kempton Park and Turks, I mean, that's less than an hour. So yeah. a lot of my friends who went to Turkey's, uh, when I'd see them in the holiday, they, they're still worth hanging out with the same high school yeah, people yeah, you know yeah. because you get to a new place and you've got friends from school there and you're like yeah I mean we'll just, we'll just stay friends we, yeah. we're gonna stay friends you were forced to make some new ones whereas like I mean you know I've got two good friends left from high school and yeah. the rest I just made like a whole new and then obviously com- I started comedy in my first year and then okay. that was a whole new community I was part of cool. you know and, and friendships and stuff um, so yeah, shock to the system, but in a good way. I think also that made me stand out a bit when I started comedy because, you know, I'm coming in from like 
not that Kenton Park's a small town, but I think sometimes it has like that small town feel. Yeah. Um, coming almost like, you know, um, small town Afrikaans boy yeah. in Cape Town. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and now it's big city, yeah. And now talking about experiencing these things and stuff. And I think that material was a bit like edgy and, you know, because like Afri- the white comedians on stage didn't really talk about race because it was just like, you don't go there. Interesting. Yeah. You know, so I like playing with this thing of like, yeah, I know my mom, even though some of it was a bit fabricated and stuff, but like sure, sure. my mom, for example, saying, or, you know, but normally I would just, it was a family member, but I just made it my mom for yeah, the yeah, joke. Yeah. And what but, did she say? You know, she'd say something racist. And now, now on stage, essentially I'm saying something racist, but I'm, not through you. Um, yeah, it's yeah. not me saying it. And also, I'm actually making fun of the close-mindedness of the of the racists. Yes. And, and Yeah, the politics was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. instead of just the, the racist thing that was being said is not the joke. It was at the expense of the white person. <laughs> exactly, you know, and um, which I think also helped me stand yeah. out a little bit. And I, yeah. I, to an extent, even now in my set opening for Trevor, you'll see the one joke is also because I play bowls. I play lawn bowls. Nice. Yeah. And I talk Which about Which you can like, now play until you die. Yeah. And <laughs> by the time I'm 80, yeah. I'll be fucking good. Because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm already good now. <laughs> Imagine how good you'll be. Like I won, I won men's novice. I was men's novice champion in my club last wow. year. Look at you. And I mean, I'm playing against men yeah. who are like 75. Like, yeah. And I mean, in bowls. Yeah. If you say I, I, we played rugby against a team of seventy-five-year-olds, you're like, of course you wasted them. Yeah. In bowls, the nice. the higher the age goes, the like, yeah. oh, that must have been tough. He was yeah. what eighty-eight. Oh shit. That must have been a tough game. Yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. they just you really just get better with age. Yeah. And um, okay. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I'm gonna be really good by that yeah. by that time. Um, that's in fifty years from now. I'm gonna play bowls for fifty years. But, uh, yeah, so I have a joke about, like, uh, that the challenge of my bowls club is that it's with a bunch of pensioners, basically. And yeah. they grew up in apartheid yeah. um, where they were taught to see everything in terms of race. Yeah. So they see everything in terms of race. Yeah. So it's also, like, saying that then the old lady came to me and she's basically saying something racist. But, I mean, yeah. we're laughing at the old lady. And yeah. in in actually, you know, Trevor also commented on this you know backstage because he said what he likes about it is that you're not angry with the old lady for being racist essentially yeah because it's just like she's old you know that's yeah. just how old people and you've given the context it's yeah, like, yeah that's how old people are and i mean in in a in a way you know i don't want to give away what she says it's not like obviously like super hectic but in a way it's sort of like Harmless, but at the same time, yeah, I yeah. Don't know. No, um, that's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm anyway, excited to so hear I, the joke. I still, I still play with it. You have kind to. Of narrative. You, you have to. It's, it's part of <coughs> who we are. I, I don't think it should be ignored in any way. Yeah. Um, and people, you know, anything that people do that's a reality, you should or and can talk about on stage. Was you that know? moment based on a true? Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. So then that's just phenomenal. So then you're just telling a story and, you know, exposing. And, and I love doing that joke on stage because when I look into the crowd, I see white people laughing and I see black people laughing at Absolutely. that. Yeah. Black people are laughing because they go, yeah, we know white people do that. The old, and, the old and white we, lady, and, yeah. we, and we kind of roll our eyes. And, and, it's, and it's also not always that black and white. Like that person, that old lady might be racist, but she might also like knit 
things for orphanages you know so it's like yeah she, so she, so one part of it is in the, ignorant in the, and in bad the joke, but it's, it's, perhaps it's, she does a bunch of good as well it's it's not as clear cut yeah in the joke it's less racist in the she's not racist in the sense that uh she thinks black people are lesser than mm. it's more of an ig- ignorance yeah. is is the okay. is the thing but also just with age also comes like you know, if someone now challenges that ignorance, you're like, listen, uh, dude, I'm 80. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to now change my whole life. Yeah, I don't have time um, to read all the <laughs> township plays of... Yeah, no, and, and it's funny because sometimes I will challenge them a little bit. Like, yeah, don't, don't, yeah. don't say that. Or, I mean, do you really think that's the... Yeah, and, I brought that but up. But I, I can see, I can see the, the hamster running, but... Yeah. yeah. No, it's exciting. I, I The other day, there was a group of dudes and the one dude said, garden boy, quite... Quite innocently, but I felt the need to step in and go, mm. we don't say garden boy anymore. Yeah. Like that's, that yeah. ship has long since sailed. It was, that was his ingrained, you know, that was yeah. the word when you were a little kid, that was what you referred to, um, or many did. And of course you read enough plays in your liberal university to yeah. hear enough, uh, John Carney and Winston Chawner saying, they call me a boy, but I'm a man. Mm. And then you, that breaks open your brain, as we've said. So then when someone else says it now, you're like, duty. Oh, it just rubs you the wrong way. You're yeah, like, no, 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 no. We it don't say boy anymore. Gives eh? you a thrill. And, uh, but yeah. let's, uh, let's talk about the varsity start of career time. We, we, have, uh, we have a film called the It's Getting Serious film, which is okay. now, which is now um, a little more grown up now. Yeah. You're starting your career. Still good, fun comedies. What, what came your way? So... I must say, uh, I've got two kind of, um, so the one is that I really love Canary as a movie, Yeah, you know, even though I know it sounds weird because I like, no, but you're um, proud of it. But you should be proud of I it. When I thought of it this morning, I thought of asking you like, do you ever just play short straw? It comes up every now and again. And because we no, don't, but, but not, not on, I'm not talking about like it happens uh, to come on on radio. I, I have done it once or twice. Like you're in the car, you're like, I just feel like listening to our music, and then you just connect your Spotify, and then... I've done it once or twice. Yeah, and 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 especially if you've spent years not listening to the recordings, and you're playing it in a particular way, and you go back to it, you're like, why don't we do that? Why don't why don't we start it like that again? Or yeah, I forget that it went into this. If you know, if our version was a little different. Yes, but um. No, I've done it once or twice. Yeah. Okay, so, so no, going so, back and Like I said, Canary. I don't really watch movies more than once, but Canari, I was in, in a way forced to watch it a few times because firstly, I went to go watch The Cut in Cape Town. Yeah. Um, because they said, look, man, it's like quite, it's a heavy movie. Yeah. And um, their advice, the producer's advice was, I don't think you want to watch this in like a room full of people for the first time. For the first time. Yeah. Good I th- point. Which I think was great advice. It is like, just come in like they, they set up for me in like the, the studio was still like a quite a big screen and stuff. And I sat there and I watched the movie and then we got the opportunity because it premiered internationally at the Toronto. It's like a LGBTQI plus festival. Mm. And then we flew there and we watched it there again. That's cool. And then I think once in another type of premiere in South Africa. Mm. And then I think once also just one night, I was like wanted to watch it again on, on Showmax because yeah. it was then in the time that it like came out in South Africa. So 
I've watched that movie a few times. Sometimes it is nice to give it that break. And that's what this last album that Short Straw did was during lockdown, where mm. we would record, months would go by, someone would have COVID, a wave would come, record a bit more, a wave would come. And, and we were given the chance to not be stuck in a whirlwind. And I'm yeah. sure you know this feeling with some of the creative work you've done, where if you're in this tornado, you obsess over it, and you could sometimes come out of it afterwards and go, what was I doing? Why yeah. did, and that's why, that's why bad stuff can sometimes be made, yeah. because you lose the objectivity of it. So it is quite nice to give yourself that break, come back, try and watch that stuff or listen to that stuff as objectively as possible to go, this is good. Well, that is bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, because we did this one album where, where we obsessed over it. Yes. And we look back on it now, we're like, half this album was way too fast. Yeah. It should have been two BPM slower, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Can- Canary, was that film for you? Yeah, I mean, because... That's great. And I was, uh, I'm not really an actor that gets that freaked out by watching myself. I know some actors can't watch themselves at all. Uh, but um, I, heard, I heard the other day that... Samuel Jackson, he watches all his stuff. Yeah, I, I like watching myself. I loved hearing him say that. And he said, he said, at the premiere, everybody tells you you're great. But he loves going into cinemas and sitting in the back. Yeah. Because he says, then he's judged by the real court of yes. public opinion. Not, yes. not all the Hollywood elite that pats yeah, him on the course. back. So I thought it was interesting that he takes every advantage he can to go watch his movies. I, I do like it. And the thing is also, I want to see... If there's maybe something I did that was a bit weird. Like I'll try and make a note of that to be like, okay, well, because I mean, bands, you're sitting in studio for hours listening back to your tracks. Yeah. But also hearing those, uh, the videos that people post the day or two after and every now and again, you're like, oh, pitchy. Was a bit pitchy there. Yeah. It's important to see what you sound like. Yeah. So, um, and 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 I'm also because of where Christian pushed me with my acting, like I'm, I'm very proud it will always be in my top three best things I've ever done. Lovely. Um, and they, but 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 I wanted to say before Kanari, his first film was Johnny Usni Duetni. Yeah, that's a good one. Which I also loved. And then the one after Kanari, well, he did the CMU and then he did um, the English one. Is he is he doing anything anyway, now? Anyway, it was it was a book. I don't know. He's always busy with something. Because um, I remember watching things going. And watching Canary and going, this is a guy to watch. He's only, you know, this is amazing, but it's only going to get better and yeah, better. Yeah, I don't know how, to, my, th- something I've always said about Chris, like, I don't know how that guy has not been picked up by Hollywood okay. yet. I, d- yeah. I don't know how. Because also what he pulls off, everyone has to remember that he's pulling that off with a South African budget. Yeah, which is um, the most impressive. Like, we're not, not even 10 million rand. Yeah. Um, that's not even a million dollars. Yeah. You know, million yeah. dollars is what now? 15, 18 million rand? Yeah. So, I mean, what that guy could do with a Hollywood budget of $10 million, which is even still by their standards, yeah. nothing. Small. Yeah. Um, oh, Poppy Nongena. That came out in 2019. Okay. But that is a, a, a an English film. Okay. And it's based on the book. Um, Poppy Nongena, which is an Afrikaans okay. book. But anyway, incredible, incredible movie. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. But he really, for me, changed the game in terms of 
obviously people would always speak about this is really good for a South African film and yeah. this is really good yeah. for a South African TV show. Even in, I guess, music, this is really good for a South African band. He's really good for a South African comedian. Mm. And in terms of the film industry, I feel like Christian just broke all that down and went like, this is, because I feel these movies are really world-class. Yeah. And uh, I, I feel like it really started to to change the shape of like people were not then speaking so much anymore about it's really good for a South African movie. It's just really and good. Also, yeah, people, yeah. I think Christian's also just like, I just want to make a good movie, not a good South African movie, a good movie yeah. that can show at a film festival next to anyone yeah. else in the world. Yeah. Um, and then the film, I thought, like, because you sent me the questions this morning and then we went for a run, then I was really trying to think. Because uh, cool. there's not like a... Like Hot Rod really stands out in high school. Ace Ventura really stands out. Varsity is, it's not really like a, a, a movie that really stands out. But then I, so, some movie just popped into my, my brain and I think, wow, it's, it's kind of went full circle because it's mm. also a Jim Carrey movie, but not a Jim Carrey movie that I think a lot of people would know. I think you are a film buff, so you might I know. I think I know exactly what you're going to say. Well, say it. Eternal Sunshine of the no, 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 no. That was even before uh, I was at Varsity. Okay. Now, this movie is called I Love You, Philip Morris. Oh. With Ewan McGregor and Jim Carrey. Never seen it. Um, so, yeah, I, there's, there's comedic elements to it, but you know, I What's think. What's it about? So, it's basically Jim Carrey's a policeman and very late in his life um, comes out. Okay. Um, and now, suddenly, like, he is this gay man living in America, yeah. but he, with his, you know, modest police salary he can't afford the gay lifestyle because he wants the whole you know yeah. bling and the chihuahua in the gucci handbag and oh, he shit. wants the okay. whole the okay. whole look right so he starts injuring himself on purpose in malls and in shopping centers to get some settlement money to get the settlement money okay. so he'll um take olive oil from the shelf and throw it all over the floor and just walk past and he really gets injured i mean yeah. like yeah. And just slip and fall. Um, <laughs> there's a scene where, I mean, in that in that specific second moment, he is full on Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey, but yeah. where he just runs and jumps and like jumps off the escalator. Like he's yeah. at the top of the escalator and he just jumps from the top there. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting that a film like this popped into your head. Yeah, because I, I watched, I don't know how it even, how I even found it, but I, I just loved it. Why do you um, think it resonated? Why do you think it popped into Because I ju I've always loved um, like when comedians, because I, I also did the same in Kanadi, yeah. but when comedians surprise people yeah. or funny people surprise yeah. people. And you realize there's just so much more to them. Yeah, exactly. And, and Jim Carrey, um, you know, yes, he has funny moments in that, but his acting, in my opinion, is like superb. Well, have you movie. seen Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Not really. Um, no, I, I don't know why I never watched it. I think you'll it. love it. It's it's <clears throat> Jim Carrey, unlike anything you've ever seen before. It's it, he is serious. He's and not I, he's not Jim Carrey at all. And I also loved Steve Carell in um, Little Miss Sunshine. Oh yeah, just you know, it's not really a big part, but he just sort of super depressed just guy, like a dude and just on not the brink not, of suicide, not it's doing any Steve Carelli type of yeah. stuff. I mean, I would still love to see, I mean, someone like Andy Samberg yeah. push, a bit more serious. push himself to something like that. So yeah. anyway, I love doing that. And, and obviously, like, I, I don't necessarily mind 
uh, getting put in a box of like, hey, you're the funny guy. Yeah, I yeah. Don't, I don't really mind it because I am. I am the funny guy. Like, no, and you, I want to be the funny guy. I was about to say, because a lot of your output um, in amongst all these other things are these really funny adverts. Yeah, and like I, I've worked very hard to you, become the funny guy. And you do them so well. That, that the, the, the whiskey, the connoisseur of the whiskey, but it's actually the petrol. Yeah, yeah. And the, you guys and the family and the, in the van like it's great man. yeah so i i don't necessarily mind getting put in that box yeah. but i i wanted something and i want to keep having that for the for the rest of my career just something now and then it Maybe balances every, it out even mm. every five years that just goes hey look at this and people are like there's, whoa there's chops here yeah, yeah. like yeah. and canary was that thing for me oh, you know 100%. it like came out and it like people were like dude what the, you know, and I just want, and it's just like, yeah. And then you can just like have Good. that little reaction, have that little flex and then carry on. Now I'm the funny guy again. And then, but, but every now and then I just want that little, you know, just like, Hey, how's it? Remember, I also have this skill. There's, I there's, can also act proper. There's depth to the swimming pool. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, okay. Now that makes so much sense. And, but yeah, uh, I love you. Philip Morris, I think is quite an underrated movie um, yeah. not a lot of people even know it yeah um and Ewan mcgregor's in it as well so, i mean it's two big stars and also mm. uh, you would never really put jim carrey and ewan mcgregor mm. together as co-stars mm. you know it's kind of like a, a un, um, unexpected yeah uh, you know i do match. remember the movie at the time but i must say i don't think i've watched the whole thing or but yeah okay that's lovely yeah man. i love you philip morris um, Jim Carrey now, uh, he's really a celeb. Like always, you know, when you play those games, sometimes at a dinner party and it's dinner's yeah. over and everyone's just sitting around drinking wine. Often, the one I always like to ask people is um, your best live music performance you've ever seen. It's, yeah. Like what was, you yeah. know. Yeah. And then often you, people also ask like if there's one celebrity you could meet. Yeah. Um, I think Jim Carrey would be mine. But... I would be, because obviously in recent years, he's really gone sort of very esoterical. Mm, and a bit more cerebral, yeah. Yeah, and people are never like really sure when he's... I think he's just got no fucks a, to give. If which, it's like a joke. I also don't know. Like sometimes he goes so far into some sort of, mm, you know, and then I'm like, I can't tell if he's doing this on purpose. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. if he maybe, if it's an, I had no idea. But I would be very nervous to meet him because I feel like there's a, proper 50 50 percent chance that he might completely <laughs> be the hero that i wanted him that yeah, he is yeah or completely He's, if you catch him on the wrong day wreck yeah. my whole life and you know be the biggest asshole yeah if you catch him on the wrong day yeah, or whether you should meet your hero or yeah, not. yeah so it's really like a thing like I, i'd also i'd also be really happy if i never meet him because yeah. i I it, I would really be devastated if I if, if I bad. met Jim Carrey and he he was an asshole. I I had my moment and it delivered. I my guy was Dave Grohl. Oh, cool! I was one of those kids. Oh, that, I could have told you he was going to be a nice guy. Yeah, you can no, see of course. he's like and the nice he, guy he, of rock and roll. He certainly is known for that. And I was in the meet and greet at the Joburg show, so I had a chance to sort of think about how I would present myself. Yeah, and it was very simple. The Bioscope um, screened Sound City, which was the first film he made yeah and uh, we were actually the only cinema in the country that screened it 
Yeah. It came through Sony Music. So that was my opener. I was like, yeah. I own a cinema and we were the only cinema to screen Sound City. And he gave me a big hug. So you need to be nice to me. <laughs> he gave me a big hug and I was like, oh, there we go. And yeah. on my way out, he goes, how cool is that? He owns a cinema. I was like, I love how you think I'm cool. <laughs> it's like, what? Um, we've got one last question okay. before you go, which is, which is what you would settle down with. What would be the film similar to how you would marry someone? So when you knew... Mika was your was your person, and you are happy to spend your days um, playing bowls and <laughs> spending your time with her. What kind of film would you um, could be your forever film? Your, I didn't see that part of your message. I, okay. I really didn't think of this one. Well, but here's the think, thing. Let me think. Yeah, it could be one of the films you've mentioned before. Like you can always come back to marry your primary school sweetheart. It also could be a film you've never met yet. Like, so maybe you don't have it. But just curious whether or not there's like Another, an all-time favorite. I think an all-time favorite, maybe. The only reason I didn't mention it is because um, it was sort of in an in-between stage somewhere. It wasn't yeah. like my wasn't formative it, years but it also wasn't quite like in high school okay. uh, and it was, was it was somewhere in bet, in a, in a transitional yeah. phase i'd say like an ultimate one is um and will always be anchorman i don't know if that's a okay. predictable one but no like, no it's lovely what will ferrell and them did with that yeah it's just it's insane dude like i and i don't think there is perhaps i would go as far as to say as far as to say that I don't think there is a comedy that's more quoted. If you say, 100%, any, if you say 100%. in any conversation, a whale's vagina, everyone's <laughs> going to know Anchorman. Yeah. Like, it's just... I love lamp. Yeah, I love lamp. Milk, like, milk was a bad choice. All, all of those yeah. classic lines. I wish they didn't make Anchorman 2, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, kind of ruined Some, a bit of the magic of the first one for me. I can see that, yeah. Um, but... Anchorman for the longest time, yeah, I would say Anchorman. It's such a unique brand of humor. I know. It's like they to, invented uh, – Anchorman, I feel like they invented a new thing. Yeah. Like whatever, when, that, whatever that movie was just did not exist before they made it. And when you watch it, you, it's almost – at least for me, it was almost unfunny and weird – but then when you look back on it, you're like, that was hilarious because I'm quoting it and find it funny. But in the moment, you're like, well, what am I watching? Yeah, At I, least for me, it was that. Where yeah. I was like, I don't know whether this is funny. And then when you sit around and quote it with someone, you're like, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And, and also just in terms of like creating a character, I mean, yeah. um, that like Ron Burgundy is just such an amazing character that he created. And I mean... Yeah. The, the 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 proof is that like after the movie came out, he would appear on talk shows as Ron Burgundy. as Ron Burgundy. There's not a no. lot of movies where yeah. I mean, everyone's saying Ryan Gosling is amazing as Ken, sure. which I haven't seen Bobby, and I believe that. And yeah. that comes back to just as much as I love when um, comedic actors surprise you with something more serious. Yeah. it's so cool that Ryan Gosling just came when, and did when this serious, super serious, be, be you know, stupid, super, yeah. super funny thing. Yeah. but I mean. He he's not like going doing things as Ken. It's it's so rare that like a character's that good yeah. that now the character is just a person. That but someone even once described it at varsity, like cult, when you say like a cult film, it's short for culture. 
Yeah. And what that really defines is that there's something about it bigger than the movie itself. Which yeah, is exactly. Like the clothes is cult. He's, the character is his cult. His character the, literally climbed out of the movie into mm, the real world. There is a culture around the yeah. movie. And and I saw. A, I, th- I think he, even has a podcast. That makes total sense. I, think, I saw a book. Yeah, Ron Burgundy has a podcast where he interviews people as Ron Burgundy. There's a There was a book I saw where it was all about like, a, it was called something like Tales from the Top Floor or like yeah. it's something about being at the top. Um, when you get to the top or something and each chapter was different and there was one chapter called like how to start a how do how do you coordinate a jailbreak <laughs> the first and the first line of it was like get naked <laughs> like no one will see it coming yeah. or like it was hilarious no that, that's great okay Anchorman makes perfect sense I think yeah and just in terms of like the humor I mean I also totally idolize Will Ferrell he's one person that I think is a safe bet like you yeah. can meet him. He's n- he's never going to be an no, asshole. No, um, lovely. So yeah, great man. But listen, you as I said, you're in the middle of these great shows. You've got a busy day, so I don't want to take up too much more. Yeah, of time. thank you, man. But it was so lovely hanging out more. I and mean, also Pretoria to be there in time for my set um, with traffic. I have to leave at like three in the <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I'm so excited <laughs> for you that you've got another one of these with Trevor. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad and you're so deserving of it. And and I'm actually, um, we, I, I've actually started, do you know Benny Furi who writes Hutel? Um, Hutel is an Afrikaans uh, mockumentary we did five seasons of. Yeah. Fagnet. Yeah. And, um, I've never met him, but he works with um, Boa, right? Yeah, so they do the, all the, those yeah. funny ads. We've had Boa on the show, and um, and he yeah talks a lot about Benny. Yeah, and um, Benny has no... I, I don't expect people who aren't Afrikaans to know him because he hasn't really d- done much in, but, in, yeah. in English. But me and him are starting to write movies. Um, you know, we've got, we've got one that is sort of like a nice, stupid kind of reference dude where's my car nice. sort of movie um and it, we've we've just got two two movies in development and we really want to start pushing just like yeah selling movies to people oh, and lovely. and first prize always being in the movie yeah well especially if you're writing it yourself often you you do see yourself in yeah it. it was so great hearing um goldstein brett goldstein when they were writing ted lasso mm. and at some point he was like i'm roy kent i can do this yeah, but he's quite quite a high pitched voice if you hear him talk normally, and so he did this tape. Have you heard the story? No. He did the tape. He he made he recorded himself as Roy Kent, sent it to everyone because he hadn't put up his hand yet to say I I should be Roy Kent. Sent this to, this video to everyone in the writers team and was like, if this is shit, don't bring it up. We never have to talk about <laughs> this ever again. But I think I am Roy Kent, and then everyone was like, yep, nope tired of looking for other people like this is you yeah <laughs> like you got it um no but this 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 guy um benny is, is, strikes me a little bit like adam mckay who's the person with will ferrell that you don't always see because he's not always the one acting but he's the one yeah. who writes this stuff with them yeah and he always casts himself in like a smallish role yeah. stuff. except the last one now we did um he cast himself as the main character but okay, i mean cool. he no, he also wrote, awesome. he wrote him. he wrote that character for for him, and he nails it. Yeah. Um, okay, but so you've got these films coming. coming yeah, I mean, down it's, the n- it's nowhere yet. I mean, sure, the two sure. are literally just still ideas, and they take um, years. Yeah. And the one we've at least written a two-pager. 
but you'll be able to get in the door. Like people will listen to you. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I, I, I'm interested in this new phase of my career. I mean, I'd, let's see where it goes. I mean, I'm not going to flog a dead horse, but where, you know, uh, you, we can start doing like maybe a sort of Seth Rogen type thing where mm. I'm going to write a movie. I'm going to get the funding, going to make it. I'm going to act in it and yeah. then on to the next one. Yeah. More, more films, more of your own. That's what, yeah. you, that's what you see as the next chapter. And the thing is, yeah, and the thing is, Benny and I were discussing, Benny sees way more scripts than me. Mm. But there is, um, according to him, like a shortage of just good scripts going yeah. around, floating around. I think there'll always be. And I just think that those, um, those, those good ones, will, you always hear those stories of how the good ones float to the top. Mm. People talk about the, you know, the hot scripts. That, yeah. There was a great story about um, American Beauty. Mm. You know, with that Oscar winner and how it was one of the most famous scripts working its way around. Yeah. Because everyone could identify immediately how good that script was. Yeah. So, no, we need lots of good writing. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, it's cool if you can get the funding and you can sort of get the deal to act in it and you can just write it for yourself. I mean, I think that's like first prize for any comedic yeah. actor because you know your humor, you know what you're capable of. And, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's where I'm at. I'm hopefully... We'll I'm be sure here next time talking about I'm my sure own movie. I'm sure it's going to be a great success and we'd love to screen them or would do, be involved yeah. in any way as the bias goes. Laka, so. thank you. Cool. Thank you, my guy. And cool, good luck man. with all these other shows this week. It's so exciting and good luck with everything going on. Laka, thanks so much, dude. Cool, I'll see you man. on Saturday. Laka. So. <laughs> Cheers, Didi. Bye. All right. What a lovely dude. What a great chat. Hmm. And um, something we forgot to mention, something I forgot to bring up entirely, was the fact that he was in our one music video. Oh, Arguably right. the best right. music video Short Straw has made <laughs> because um, uh, we put so much into it. It's the, the song is a T-shirt. Right. And it's this whole great narrative story. And he plays this like Neanderthal caveman that gets a, an alien lands and it's all this kind of stage production and, and right. we as, as the members of Short Straw are, are um, the, the audience that they are sort of doing it for. <laughs> it's great. It's That's such really a great cool. video. It and, was awesome. I remember it. And, and shout out to Hilton Jandrell, the director who, who we, we gave it to him. It was one of the first times we as the band had the confidence to give a whole creative product to someone else. Okay. We tend to do it all ourselves, for better or for worse. Yes. Mm. Because we are people who can make stuff. Exactly. You know, we all are capable shooting, editing yeah. people. And we saw him make this incredible video for another band and we were like, we want to work with this dude. And we just basically just gave it to him. Cool. To the point where we didn't even really know the plan. Like I think he'd <laughs> given us the script, but we'd trusted him so entirely. Yeah. And I remember going on the day to the shoot and being like, oh cool, you got Skulk Poseidon in it. Who wasn't, no ways, you didn't even who know. Wasn't a, he wasn't like a superstar by that point, but he right. was certainly a, Name. A, a relatively recognizable guy mm. and we sort of said hi cool cool whatever whatever but we weren't like that good friends we didn't yeah. really know him and then they made such a great video and then Skulk became a fucking superstar and now we can flex about it amazing <laughs> love flexing so I, didn't, I didn't even bring that up and I also another thing I didn't even have time to bring up is his wife is a very talented art director Mika oh. so she often works on commercials and film shoots and we got her to design 
our stage for Opikopi. Oh, for Opi Bush. For Opi Bush. Right. Yeah. So as Short Straw, we would often put on this Sunday daytime festival, which we called Bush, mm. which was just us. It was very like punk rock. Cool. Us and our friends, we designed the poster, we'd split the, you know, split the earnings and we 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 pulled it off in parks and in an abandoned swimming pool once and <laughs> and we asked Opi Kopi to give us a stage for a day. So we actually had our own stage. Right. So you had a festival within we, a festival. Our, yeah, and we called it Opi Bush and we designed the stage and me and Mika was such a champ. She she we put these like blow up dolphins and we turned it into this like weird Hawaiian <laughs> thing. That's so cool. I this still so have cool. the 360 video of that. Yes. We've uh, spoken about yeah, this. Yeah, we have. I Do don't you still have, have like, the footage. I have the cut down of the whole Opikopi festival, including like Manners Machine, Fork Off, like a whole bunch of bands in the Naked Run. And that's why I can't put it online is there are a whole bunch of winkies flopping around that I can't blow out because <laughs> we didn't have enough money to do that. But then, yeah, I think Bladeworks would have deleted the raw footage of all the... Um, all the concerts by now, which uh -huh. was annoying. I wanted to get it from them, yeah. but because it was a partnership with Post, I couldn't just take and do what I wanted. With uh, it. Does anything exist? Yeah, there's a video. There's a full-on video and, of And Opie parts Coffee. of it have our short straw show. Uh, it's like the whole, I used, when I edited it, I used your song that you performed. I can't remember what it was. Okay, I think and I know which one. all that I think about is you. Something like oh, that. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And I used that to um, as the scoring for going to a whole bunch of other bands and going to like Adventure oh, Man. Cool. No, yeah, I remember cool. you. I remember you. Also, didn't really know you too well at no. that point. But <laughs> I was but, like, hey, can I put this GoPro rig on your but stage? But you then filmed this 360 video <laughs> of that concert because we then naturally ended the night. Yes. Like we did with all our normal bushes. Is, right. is we will end the night there. Cool. Saving the best for last. But funny enough, <laughs> sorry if I can punt something which i wouldn't normally punt is we are doing another version of bush which is this nighttime club version which oh. we call the nighty bush <laughs> um and in the week that this episode is coming out it's going to be on friday right friday the 29th we're playing at sonage here in uh, joburg oh, amazing. so hopefully cool. tickets yes would, would still be available come through and yeah, short straw is playing. Nice. <laughs> Funny, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Little punty punt. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, lack of duties. We, I want to chat about some of the things that you've seen, Cole, that we didn't have a chance to talk about in last week's episode. Right. With Matthew. Mm. Namely, the two films we saw together, one of which was Talk to Me. Yeah. The, the horror film, which we got a chance to bring our listeners in on. We had a competition, so we got to meet them and we got to watch it the night before it went to cinemas. It is now in cinemas. Mm. And uh, you were my comfort shoulder. That was amazing. <laughs> so it was the funniest thing. I've never so, experienced Russell yeah. in like the throes on full of full on terror. Right. Um, like struggling to like keep his eyes on the screen, but not just his eyes, his entire body was turned inwards and behind my shoulder, like holding on to me. <laughs> we, you knew something was coming. It was uh, hilarious. Graham, uh, you were unable to make it, but yeah, I, I really wish you one. were there because I would have probably taken turns between <laughs> your shoulders. No, it's a great film um, for those who don't know. And it's not just about it being scary, but of course that is part of what you go to a horror yeah. for. Um, and as, um, as Gad said, it's a great popcorn movie, which is just like... Just the experience of being in a cinema with other people, mm. 
popcorn is a part of that. So for me, when one says it's a popcorn movie, it's like it's a cinema experience movie. Does that right. make yeah, sense? Yeah, it is. Um, where you do writhe and you do go, oh my God, and you do do all these <laughs> yeah, things. people screaming and laughing behind you. And, and we all shrieked at moments because <laughs> fucking some parts of it got really outrageous. It's a, it's a great movie. It's a smaller independent film, so it's not something everyone's going to see coming and see lots of billboards for, but um, it was made in Australia. Yeah, made by YouTubers. YouTubers. I mean, oh, what yeah? a cool... Yeah, yeah in, in, in last week's episode, we... Um, Shared the link to their YouTube channel so yeah. people Racka Racka. Yeah. Australian guys. Yeah. A pair of Australian Racka brothers. Racka. Yeah, that yeah. sounds so Australian. It right? does. <laughs> Smoko and like <laughs> shaka bras. No, they speak a whole other language. When we toured there, we took on all those Australianisms. Really? You decided to own it. Heaps keen. Heaps keen for a feed. Was like... <laughs> I'm, what I'm, the fuck does I'm, that mean? I'm hungry. Let's go eat. Yeah. Heaps keen. Yeah, they say heaps, for a feed. heaps keen for a feed. <laughs> yeah. Something you must oh, have, keen. Heaps keen. Wow. Yeah. So we made a song. Short Straw's song is called Heaps Keen. Yeah. Right. Which, it's named after <laughs> Australia. The other thing which I thought was interesting is they call they don't call it a music video. They call it a clip, a video clip. Huh. Oh, that that makes less sense. It makes about make as sense. It makes, that no makes sense. about as sense as South Africans calling traffic lights robots. Yes. Yeah, it's the same idea. Yeah. Right? Um, no, good old Australia. <laughs> the the people are great. Uh, the country's a bit shit, but the but the people were at least entertaining. Um, I mean, everything about Australia is just saying don't be here. Yeah. yeah. All the, like there's spiders that'll they'll kill you by looking at you. Yeah. It's got a literal wall around it made out of coral. There's crocodiles that are a thousand meters long. And and every like, and every pedantic, dare I say it, white person in your like body corporate or residence association. Imagine taking all of them yeah. and putting them in one place. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're, na- they're such a nanny state. It is, a, and there are rules for everything. <laughs> we spent fucking two hours driving through Sydney just to find a place to park. Like, if you and I was like, we could totally go up that pavement in Joburg. Like, no one would give a shit. They're like, no, 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 no. We'll get a fine. Like, if you want to do something above a certain height, like above like six feet or something, you can't use a ladder. You have to put up scaffolding. Yeah, no, no. Like, there no are ways. light bulbs in our house that if we wanted to change, we would have to put up scaffolding. <laughs> so Nonsense. I suppose it makes sense when, like, a spider can kill you. It just instills <laughs> this lifestyle of caring too much yes. about things. So, yeah. if, like, you had to summarize, it's like You're the Greenside Residence. Yeah, the Greenside Residence Association in a country. Yeah. I'd yeah. be like, yeah, yeah. I, I would, no. I'm yeah. never going. Yeah. It's like, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Australia. Uh, the Greenside Residents Association. I love how you go to that one out of all the suburbs in Joburg. No, it's just my lived experience. Well, we lived the Greenside Residents Association firsthand because we used to call back to Bush, put on Bush at Mama's Shabin. It, it, oh, it started there. And we got, um, yeah, we got all kinds of noise complaints. So that's why we moved Bush. Oh, they successfully like shut down so many restaurants. And, it was and I just, saw someone on a wow. Facebook group. Like boasting that pridefully, yeah. Like saying, "Yeah, we've done it before. We'll do it again." These musicians must stop playing on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, I was like, "So I sent an essay to them, being like, you're a terrible human being.' This is what happens. Yeah, you are basically taking culture out into the back and shooting it in the head. There are a whole bunch of (laughs) trunchbulls in like one group of people. Like I get being upset about it at like three o'clock in the morning. Yes, but in a Sunday afternoon, shut up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Like, go somewhere else. Yeah, let's talk about movies. All right. Uh, I want to talk about one moment in Talk To Me. Yeah. 
please <laughs> tell me more. There was a close up of the main protagonist, okay, yeah. who's now like slowly unraveling. She's losing her mind. That's Ghosts are visiting good. her. Yeah. Cool. Sort of the divide between the spirit world and the real world is is blurring, and she's losing her mind. Right. So in this one moment, there is a close up of her picking away at the nail polish on her thumb. Right. Everybody in the audience sees it as that, except yes. for Cole, who <laughs> has been watching this body horror with uh, us, where all sorts of crazy things have been happening to people's yes. bodies. Cole, I think in that moment, I wasn't like, concentrating yeah, thought and, thought, and thought she was like digging into her thumb in some kind uh, of crazy way. So Cole uh, is the only person in an audience of about 100 that goes, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> And then everybody looks at him, and then Cole also realizes that he's just watching a girl pick away yes. a nail polish. And then there was a general laughter. Yeah. So Cole, Cole brought a, a great moment of relief oh in amongst God. what was a very tense scene. That's cool. That's very like, funny. I thought a nail was coming out of a nail, like a screw. Yeah. yeah. Because in this movie, it wouldn't be strange to have her like rip off a nail. Yes. So that's what Cole thought was going okay. on. Him going, okay. whoa. It was terrible. I hated it. Out loud. In this quiet I'm too moment. used to watching horrors by myself and like right. exclaiming yeah. like that. And then you watch with okay. people. I really need to see this now because normally like supernatural horror movies don't really scare me. It doesn't feel supernatural. In a way, it feels very real. Right. They are talking to ghosts. Mm. Or they are talking to spirits and they're channeling the spirit world in what is this kind of house party seance. Yeah. I don't want to give too much away. But in the moment where... Because they're questioning it the whole time, like, mm. oh, this isn't real, this is yes. bullshit. And then, and then when it happens to our main character mm. for the first time, we get as much of a fright as her. So it right. feels very real for us. Yes. And, and because it's in the, because it's quite simply done, mm. it feels real as opposed to being too gothic and over the top and way too CGI'd. And yeah. It it feels real, mm. so 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 that's what made it very scary. Exactly, I think that it's a good parallel to draw between all the Catholic horror we've been getting. <laughs> um, sorry, because I love complaining about this. Yes, because if you want to watch the Nun two, just go watch the Nun one or the Conjuring two. Right, so it's all the same movie essentially. Yeah. Or you could go watch the Pope's Exorcist, which released this year. Or just go watch the Exorcist. Yes, no, it's like been done before, <laughs> yeah. like in the very same way. But you immediately get a sense of this is. A demon being presented as a demon, yeah, right. But yeah. and then you think to yourself that oh, this this cannot be real, um, or you have that disbelief that mm. disengages you from the yes. horror. But because they're setting this in like a teen party where a whole bunch of these kids are being really naughty and doing something they shouldn't, but reveling in that feeling, right. And then you believe that they're enjoying it because yes. there's like joy to be had in engaging with the horror. Mm. You suddenly just sit there and. Like relax into it, and right. then it starts to become more and more scary. Okay, yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's talk to me. Talk to me is in cinemas at the moment. Mm. Go Highly recommended. Go and do it. Yeah, it's lots of fun. Uh, the other film which we watched, which is now in cinema, is mm. A Haunting in Venice. Yeah, which is the new Kenneth Branagh being Hercule Poirot, Poirot. the world's greatest detective. Yeah, in a sort of older timey setting. I think it's like sort of mid-century. Mm. Um, uh, he's done Death on the Nile before, he did Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. But these are famous Agatha Christie novels. So everybody knows Haunting in Venice, is, everybody knows the book, 
well, not everybody, but people who know Agatha Christie know the book. Yeah. The book is called Halloween Party. So mm. there are many versions out there. It's funny, my mom is busy watching um, a miniseries version of it. She's busy watching the Halloween Party episode now, which is uh, okay. another adaptation of these books. That's oh. on BritBox. Okay. okay. So it was cool how I could say, oh, it's the one with the... With the yes. Also, a seance, mm. funny enough. Yes. Yeah. Um, set in Venice. Mm. Yeah, so that was cool. It was a great film. I, I liked it. It's yeah, a great whodunit. Yeah. It's fun. They yeah. are the world's sort of more famous whodunit stories. Yeah. I think she probably wrote many. So he's, yeah. he's picking the ones that are good mm. or the more famous ones to adapt into his film versions. Um, and so it's a smart payoff. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm. It was great. Kenneth Branagh is really good at working with actors. Yeah. So you always yeah, get really good performances yeah. in his movies. Yeah, yeah old Michelle Yeoh is mm. the is the sort of mediator with the spirits. Yeah, and she comes in. She, yeah, she's great. Yeah, mm. yeah. I don't know whether there's too much to say about it. It didn't. It didn't. Yeah, it kind of it is what it, it is. Didn't shift the the world of cinema for it's me. It's a good like was, Sunday night movie, you know. Yeah, to just, solid. Yeah, it's yeah. a Sunday night movie. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's Good. nice. We got a popcorn movie, Sunday night movie. Yes. Yeah, this is wonderful. Cool guys. But listen, I don't I don't think we should um stay at the video store for too much longer because it's getting <laughs> yeah. a little bit late. Um one other thing I want to talk about which is coming up, which I thought was really cool, is a documentary which is coming to Netflix about David Beckham. It's just called Beckham. Right. And it looks kind of interesting. And why I wanted to bring it up is I find it interesting how we are making a very particular kind of documentary now. And what I mean by that is similar to the documentary that's going to come out on Apple TV Plus about the supermodels is that it's a, it's a look back on someone's life or a crazy moment in people's lives. But it dawned on me that there's a very interesting lens now when one makes mm. these things, which isn't to just go, this is how famous they were. Like, that's bullshit. That's yeah. nothing. We know they this. They did these cool things they and then did they got this. into drugs. It's yeah. going through a very particular lens, which is that of their mental health. Yes. Like there's a big focus on that. So this Beckham documentary is about his attitude, his personality, where he might have gotten too arrogant, how he was coping with it, what he was doing, how he was dealing with the paparazzi, not just he was famous. Yeah. Right. And I just think that there's, there's such a more advanced lens now which yeah I think it's more cool. human oh, yeah okay. right it's like they're peeling back the veil of celebrity yeah and i think um, it's just interesting that that seems to be the focus so that's going to be on netflix uh, in early october the fourth okay right what else have we been watching that we've been lacking um Connor, you watched elemental and so did i i did yeah i did what did you think um, so I, I wasn't keen on the movie going into it based on the marketing the marketing was terrible it was terrible because Why? my complaint what with happened? pixar lately is that I feel like what gets a Pixar movie into the pipeline is purely the novelty of the world. Like it has to be a Toy Story or a Monsters, Inc. It has to be this world that's different to ours, set in this like fantasy landscape or like some kind like of everyone cognitive... is animals in Zootopia. Yeah, it's okay. something so, like that, right? Nice. So in the case of Elemental, the point is that it's Element City, right? What's it yeah. called? Yeah, where, where like there's water, people, there's earth. And there's fire people. Yeah. yeah. And I, I started watching it. I watched mm. the first few minutes. Yeah. And immediately I was like, oh, there's more to this. This is an immigrant story. Yeah. yeah. 
exactly. Very much. So, so you didn't get that from the trailer. No. Right? It was just about elements in a city. And yeah. you were just like, this is this looks dumb. Yeah, they yes. showed the sort of quirky things of what it's like to be on a train where one person's a gust of wind and the yes. other one's a fire. Yes. And like, okay, but so you thought to yourself, but, I'm but, not going to engage with this because there's mm, no story. Or yes. like they weren't selling that story. Yeah. And, and as soon as the film starts, you sit there and go, oh, it's about immigrants. Yes. And it's about othering. And it's about the pressures of family legacy mm. and it's about forbidden love and which i mean at this point in time we should have a bit of faith in pixar yeah but when they like treasure planet the marketing this much oh uh, explain the reference for the, the people no. out there oh, okay. okay so treasure planet is the disney animated film yeah which was so the two directors who did like aladdin and the little mermaid and a bunch of other movies this was a movie they were trying to get made for like 10 years or something like that. Yeah. Every time they had a hit, they would go to Disney and say, cool, we want to do this next. Yes. And Disney would say, okay, maybe, but how about you do this other thing and then you can do that afterwards. And this happened like four times. Ridiculous. Eventually, okay, until eventually they made Hercules and then eventually Disney caved and said, okay, fine, you can go and make your Treasure Planet movie. Yeah. Which is a, a sci-fi adaptation of um, Treasure Island. Mm. And then when it came out, Disney just seemingly intentionally like sent it out to die. No ways. Like they, the trailers were all terrible. Like they'd, they basically marketed it as like a goofy little comedy movie where like most of the marketing was centered around like a sidekick character who's in like a third of the movie. What? Um, and then I think they released it either the same, maybe the same day or within like a week of the first Harry Potter. Ridiculous. Knowing that it was just going to go and die. Yes. You know? What? Yeah. That they intentionally what's killed the, what's this the movie, film. What's the movie like? It's fantastic, awesome. yeah. Like, Treasure Planet is, yeah. no, is great. Yeah. I know about it, but I never went and watched it. It's it was one really of the films good. I rented like 20 times from the video store. Mm. Like, okay. I would go back and the guys like look at me and be like, again? Like, yes. <laughs> but I mean, it's a strange comment to, to really say, because at the end of the day, they do want to make money. But, you know, to say that they would maliciously fuck it up. Yeah. But I guess the answer is probably like they cut their losses or maybe I mean, didn't put too much behind it. Yes. Because so to what, spend that much on the market. So this is at a point in time when stuff like Toy Story was already happening. Yes. So they were like, we're, they were trying to kill off the 2D animation uh, they department were, they were, basically. Well, they were busy focusing on the other child, which was this like 3D mm. world. And okay, what I guess people need to realize is that almost as much budget that goes into the making of the movie usually goes into the marketing. Yeah. And so if you don't want to get behind it if you'd rather focus on something else yes. you don't market it as well they can make another movie with that money yeah because yeah. you know? it's okay. like a bad look for them to say oh no we're just not we're going to stop making 2d films because like 2d films all the classics yes they need to justify it by saying oh 2d movies are now like failures they're not doing well you Hector. know so the way you do that is to like make kill movie the movies oh that's i mean that's a deep conspiracy but i get i guess I we think it's that much also, of a conspiracy with a corporation like disney yeah, yeah. Okay. and everything's also, about money i don't know if you guys have seen blind rankings on tiktok and social media i don't no. know what that means so there's uh there's a list of 10 people so it's a face filter on like instagram and tiktok right and then it will show you all the characters from like harry potter lord of the rings disney princes princesses right. whatever and then you have to it'll pop one up randomly so for like um for example disney princes it will say Prince Charming from Cinderella. And then you have to place it in your list of zero, one to 10, right. based on like who's the hottest and who's the nottest. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> sure. What was that Paris Hilton film? The Hottie and the Naughty. Oh, good Lord. No. <laughs> you guys don't know about it. Nope. I do know Ooh. about it. I'm just <laughs> pretending it doesn't exist. <laughs> so I, I've watched like a few of these when I'm bored and everyone like Jim Hawkins from Treasure Planets. 
<laughs> These guys, that boy has superpowers. JGL. Yeah, yeah. Everyone just like puts him at like two, one. And the thing is, if you get a previous character like Hans from Tangled, or Frozen, who yeah. is from Tangled? Flynn. I don't know. Flynn, Ryder. Um, come on, guys. Oh, yes. And then, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah it's if Flynn. you think they're the hottest Disney prince, you're going to put them at one. And then a hotter one comes up and people are like, <laughs> Wait, one oh one as in your number yeah, one number is, one is yeah. the hottest. I saw someone do Lord of the Rings and they had their one spot open and it could go to Gollum, you know, and then you have to put Gollum as your hottest Lord of the Rings character. Yeah. But she got Aragorn and she was oh. like, Yes. Um is, but are you saying that people rate the Treasure Planet guy as number yes. one? Like right. well they want to, usually. Okay. Yeah. And okay. he's the main what is his name? Jim Jim Hawkins. Yeah. Yeah. He's the main dude in Treasure Planet. Yeah, yeah. by Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yes, really? exactly. Yeah, maybe that could be something for classic movie kids, eh? Mm. It really could. That could be cool. cool movie. Give it, give it more love. Yeah. Anyway, we were talking yeah. about Elemental. Yes, <laughs> yes. we were. Yes. We're off on ADHD tangents today. Sorry. It's, it's good. That's the point that we're it's trying to get really at. Really cool. And there's yeah. more depth to it, which is what we're yeah. trying to get at. As exactly. Well. It's, it's surprising. It's mostly just like a sweet romantic movie. It's like yeah. a love story, and it's very cute. Yeah, yeah and it's it's but you it's like, believe it so yeah, really quickly. Exactly. You like surrender to the world. So mm. their world building, even though I was complaining about it in the trailers, yeah. actually turned out like Pixar does really well. Yeah. You believe it in a second. Yeah. And all the different ways that they navigate around the city, the yes. way they play sports. Yeah. It's really the way they make food. Mm. You know, all of this has been thought of. Yeah. And it's mm. really, really sweet. Okay. No, yeah. I've just gotten to the point where they met. Okay. I'm going to continue watching that. So Elemental is now on Disney Plus. Yeah. Yes. Highly recommended. To, people to watch and stream, which is cool. Yeah. But yeah, magic, guys. Yeah. Lekker, man. It's nice to see you all together. Mm. And um, thank you for a lovely day. And thank yeah. you for everyone for listening thus far. And thank you for tuning in. Especially once again, thank you to all our new listeners. Right. Yeah. We, Hello. We, we treasure you dearly and lovely to have met you at Comic-Con and... Um, Thank you for, for visiting us today. Mm. And we hope to see you again next week. Nice. Right, come this week to our screening. I'd love to meet you. Yeah. So oh, yes. Pride and Prejudice is a video store presents, which we're doing on Wednesday in the week that this episode is coming out. And so we hope to see you there. The tickets, if not sold out, uh, will be at thebioscope.co.za. But yeah, hope to see you again next week. Uh, we are The Video Store. And uh, you can go to our home base, thevideostore.co.za. And join all our social media. And uh, as we've said, please send us voice notes of feedback on what you think on any of the films we talk about. You can email your voice note to thevideostorepod at gmail.com. And keep it short. And keep it short. Yeah. Succinct. Yeah, if you send us two minutes, we're not going to use it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nice to be hearing back from you. And uh, we hope to see you again next week. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Bye-bye. DTFN. What does that mean? Sigger. <laughs> Ta-ta for now. Ta-ta for now.